This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 56. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat and the Maker Mastermind Experience. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I'll introduce you to Hassan Saeed of House Urban and the Creative Hustle Podcast. As you'll soon discover, there's also a YouTube show about drinking, but we'll let Hassan tell you about that. Based in New York, Hassan is the kind of person who cannot be easily defined. In addition to his cosmetics brand, he also has a performing arts background, and he has mastered the art of using technology to connect with his target audience. He is the perfect example of a person who is using his personality to drive his brand in multiple outlets, each of which complements the other. In this episode of the Indie Business Podcast, Hassan shares how he got started in business and how he is using his personal brand to attract entertain, and influence his chosen target audience. He will also offer some of his best tips and ideas to help you do the same. You can find an outline with resource links and show notes for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 56. We'll talk with Hassan in a minute, but first I want to tell you about Maker Mastermind Live, my two-day live event coming up in Nashville in November. If you're a maker with an emerging business, basically early in your business, or you have an idea for a business, but you need help getting things off the ground, this is the event for you. I'll introduce you to my four-part Indie Method business framework, and you will have a chance to work with like-minded business owners throughout the weekend to replace all of your general ideas with execution strategies and benchmarks and timetables so you can ensure forward motion. You'll leave with a written business plan for the next 90 days of your business. You'll enjoy business critiques, collaborative idea sharing, and a chance to attend my mastermind dinner and get your own mini headshot photo session with a Nashville photographer. The early bird expires soon, so register today at MakerMastermindLive.com. And now, let's talk with Hassan Saeed. Hassan Saeed of House Urban and Creative Hustle Podcast. Welcome to the Indie Business Podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, DM. Hi, Indie. <laughs> Listen, Hassan, let me just say this at the very beginning. I have so many questions for you. I know we have a limited amount of time, so I want to make sure I start at a place where people can really get a good understanding of you. I don't normally start with this question, but I'm going to start with you because I have a feeling it's going to really give us some insight into what you're doing today. So my first question for you, Hassan, is tell me a little bit about how you grew up. Where did you grow up and what is your, you know, what is your background as a young person moving forward to today? Oh, wow. So I grew up in San Diego, California. Um, my parents were uh, in the military when they met, and then we, we, we moved to California. I was born in California. And I spent most of my time in Southern California 
um, hanging out and twirling in circles and um, being told that I talk too much. So that's the gist of my childhood, <laughs> which sort of led to my career in performing arts, which then led to the creation of, of my, my business, How Service. Okay, so see, I had a feeling, I, I, I'm so, I'm congratulating myself on my instincts, because people your whole childhood were telling you that you talk too much, and so we fast forward to today, and you are using your gift of gab to promote and push your businesses forward. Yeah, exactly, you know, they always say that the things that, even even as a kid, the things that you get made fun of for, those are your, uh, those are your superpowers, right, and for me, like, even as a young kid, it was always my voice where it's it, it high-pitched now, but even then I sound like Elmo. And it was a problem. <laughs> but now it's like a trademark. So we turn our negatives into positives, so to speak. Well, that's a really good tip for all of us. So, so we, we started out talking too much, and we're still, we're still sort of <laughs> uh, using that to our advantage. So that's fascinating. So tell, take us forward and bring us to the start of your career as a performing artist, because I think all of that preceded the businesses that you have today, correct? That's correct. So I started training in musical theater when I was about seven or eight. Um, I started sort of working semi-professionally by the time I was nine, and so that was like my career path. So I spent my entire, pretty much elementary to most of my high school education and magnet programs preparing for like this career. Um, I left LA and moved to New York to attend a private theater conservatory where I studied acting classically for a while. And then I got out of school and everyone was just like, well, you look 12, but we're not casting you in any Shakespeare. Can you dance? Um, so that really started my, 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 my uh, career in musical theater. So I kind of kicked around there, did a few shows, did a couple tours, um, realized that I wanted a little bit more and started working in TV. Um, had an opportunity to shoot a pilot in Los Angeles, so I moved to LA. And then from there, um, I was really kind of focusing on TV and music a little bit. and then my whole life changed after that, and um, that's where House Urban sort of came came to uh, to be. I had a random freak accident at one point, and it seriously sidelined me for a while. And after a, a pretty speedy but relative recovery, I rushed right back into performing, and I was cast in a, in a dance heavy musical, um, which sort of turned out to be a mistake. My my body wasn't ready. I started having sudden skin issues, and my joints hurt, and I ached all over, and I was in boxing to this contract. And I was having to make it through my rehearsal and subsequent um, run of show in chronic pain. And I was constantly looking for relief. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, when you're in a show, particularly when you're not the lead, you're in the ensemble, you share a dressing room with four or five other people. So you can't, it's not good etiquette to come in smelling like Tiger Bomb or Ben Gay or, you know, someone's nana. Uh, so <laughs> I just started, like, playing around with products so I could get to sleep at night. And I developed a bath salt, which got me some pretty good results. So I gave it to my castmates for an opening night gift and they all reported back with rave reviews. And I thought, great, okay, I made a thing. And then someone else came to me with another problem and I developed a product for that and that cured her. And it started to snowball. And it, it, it just occurred to me that there are hundreds of color cosmetic lines that are sold to professional performers, all of which are heavily pigmented and really oily and chemical laden. And none of them were there to really like help get that grease paint and the sweat and the dirt off or to help those people take care of themselves between shows or between auditions. Um, you know, this is a little sidebar. 
the entertainment industry is the only industry that can openly discriminate against you based on how you look. And they'll tell you that, you know, we need a redhead or we want a black girl for this or whatever it is. Um, and your livelihood is directly connected to how you look on any given day. So I realized that this was a lifestyle issue as much as it was a wellness and a, and a skincare issue. And I saw the gap in the market and decided that I was going to create something for those people who also happen to be my community. So take us back to that moment. You just described it as I made a thing. Like I made a thing. Like, and, and you've had this background that has had nothing to do with making things. I mean, you've been making art and making music, and making dance and shows and things, but no things. Like what are the differences between the two and what, what is the difference in, in terms of like the feeling? How does it feel to make a thing as opposed to making this art that you had been making previously? Well, it was really empowering. Um, I think the, the big watershed moment for me was that, you know, as, as a performer, you can be doing everything right. You can be the most talented person in the world. You can be going to all the right calls. You can be doing all the networking. Your headshot can be great. You can be doing all the things proactively to get that job, but ultimately it's still not up to you. And I hit a point where I felt like I wanted to do something else where my results would be directly related to how much effort I put in. So that was a big epiphany for me. Um, and also, it was just, I found that so much of it is about, it's the mind-body connection. Even just being on stage when you're performing or you're, you're in a show, that is not just a physical journey, it's an emotional one. And we go through these journeys for an hour, two hours, plus you have like eight-hour rehearsals, whatever it is, and you're completely depleted by the end of it. And there was no one really, at the time anyway, really talking about self-care, particularly for this group of people. And I understood the fallout of that and how hard that could be. Um, even on your psyche, actors face more rejection in a month than most people do in a year, statistically. So especially when you're not booking or you're getting close to it and you're not getting the job, that's going to weigh on you. So the last thing you want to worry about is, uh, are my lips dry? <laughs> Just how do I look when I walk in the room? And all of that is connected. And that was the big takeaway for me. So I, I hear what you're saying, too. And I would imagine that, I mean, as an entrepreneur myself, I, I get the not taking care of yourself part. But now that you're sharing so clearly what it's like to be a performer, I would imagine that they they don't stop at all. I mean, they just, they just, they've got to be on the move all the time. And so the products and the idea and the message that you have that is delivered to them ha has got to make them sort of turn their heads and, and just really pause for a second and ask themselves, what, what am I doing to myself and why am I doing all these things? Yeah, I, I like to think so. And a lot of the times, too, the reason why the brand is called House Urban is because it's for the way that people in major cities live and all, all of this struggle and kind of glory that comes with that. But also, house meaning home, so many of those performers are not at home. They don't have the creature comforts of their home or their favorite place where they go and pick up their stuff, right? So it was also a matter of making sure that people who were on the road, who were on national tours or world tours, had the things that they needed so they could still maintain a level of comfort even when they weren't at home. So you are you are a perfect example of of the intersection between who you are, like you're chatty, okay, like you were born <laughs> that way. You don't make yourself that way. It's a natural part of who you are. And number two, your background, like obviously you know you were sent to conservatory. You obviously have, a, you know, a talent that somebody noticed and and helped you know facilitate that for you in your early life. And then also the idea of something that will make money. I mean, you have found a nice intersection, a nice little sweet spot there. 
I would agree with that. And I think that even though some, sometimes it's rough financially, and that's just the reality of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. But when, when people come in contact with the product, the way that they internalize the mission, and when I talk them through the story, when I see that moment of recognition in their eyes, sometimes they, they, they well up because they're like, yes, I've been through this, or I was, I was here last year, or I was so run down, and I'm so grateful that you're thinking of us. That's how I know I'm on the right path. So what fascinates me, too, about what you're saying is that you are selling a cosmetic-type product that is being sold not because it's such a great cosmetic product, but because, and, and although it is, but it's being... Right, it's not the idea, it's incredible. Right, well, <laughs> of course it is, of course it is. But the message that's being delivered before the product is even, you know, something that they're, you know, willing to pull out a credit card for, the message that precedes that is really where their heart is touched. Right. I'm not selling cosmetics. I'm selling hope and encouragement. Right, right. So talk to us a little bit about how that has happened for you, because I know your business is not new. You've been around for a bit. I don't remember exactly when you started, but I know I've seen you around for a while. Um, Tell us a little bit about that journey. Like, is that something you knew immediately at the beginning, or did you kind of figure that out as you went along? You know, that was a a light bulb in the beginning, but I didn't know anything about the category. You know, even even in the development of the product, I was only trained to count to eight. So I had a lot to learn. Uh, And it took a while. Like you said, you know, I've been in indie for a long time, for almost six or seven years. But my business just turned two last Friday. Mm -hmm. So it took a minute for me to gather my bearings. Um, and that journey, you know, I went in knowing what I didn't know. When I decided to do this, I was like, okay, number one, I'm going to go to the library and just go research. Um, and then it was like, you know, I needed to figure some other things out. So I even like put out um, requests for proposals from consultants for people who've done this before. Mm-hmm. And I got the invoices and they were six figures. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I have to figure this out myself. Uh, <laughs> but um And it sounds like uh, you've done that and you've done it partially, it looks like, by being around your target customers. Like your lifestyle is around them. So there are obviously natural uh, opportunities for conversations about their lifestyle to come up and you can relate to that. And oh, by the way, I have a product that fits exactly what you're describing. Well, that was the key. And it took me a while to understand that I was the authority. Mm-hmm. I think part of why it took me so long to launch too, one of the things I was up against initially was, I'm not qualified to do this. You know, I'm not a chemist. I'm not an esthetician. But once I got clear that, you know, I knew who my target market was, and I was them. And I understand what it's like to be on the road. I understand what it's like to have to work 15 hours in a dusty theater or to be exhausted after a 12-hour shoot. But it didn't matter. You know, I was the authority and I was the expert because I decided that I was. And that was key for me. I love that you said that. So what I want you to do is I want you to take us back to the moment in time when that, when that occurred to you. Like the, the, because what I'm hearing you say is I didn't trust myself. I didn't think that I was, you know, I had the qualifications. I didn't think I was good enough in, su- in some respects to be doing this. But what you, what you just said was that, you were an expert and you had to embrace that expertise and, and learn how to convey that. Can you share with us what that process was like and what you would recommend other makers do who don't have that confidence level but need it 
in order to get that confidence level? It was so important for me. And when I, when I look back on that time, it was a matter of just being able to openly talk about what it was I was doing and what my dream was and what I wanted to build. You know, maybe it wasn't so much focused on the process, but I focused in on my mission. And my mission was to, was to support artists and to advance natural beauty in the category and to give them one less thing to worry about. I want everyone to show up as the best versions of themselves every day. Your life is hard enough. And the more I decided that's what it was and I led with that, the rest sort of fell in, right? And then we can talk about avocado oil all day after that. But you have to be willing to stand in what it is that you're creating, even though you're not there yet. There are plenty of things that I want to do and that I want to get to and that I have strong feelings and goals around. But in the meantime, I can still talk about where I'm at today and why that's important and how that's a bridge to where I want to be. So I think that Indies and entrepreneurs in general have to learn how to enroll people in their vision. And, you know, it's a powerful thing when you share your dream with people because it allows them and it gives them the space to support you. And it's the best way forward. So you can falter, you know, you're going to fail, you're going to mess it up. But as long as other people can see where you're at down the road and what you're trying to create, they're going to help uplift you. And then, you know, the runway is clear for whatever it is you want to do. So the why and the motivation is more important than the ultimate product itself. Yes, you have to have a strong why. Because the why is going to get you through the rough days. If you're not have a strong reason as to why you're doing this, when it gets rough, you're going to want to just throw in the towel. But you always have to go back to your why. That's your North Star. That should be in every product you release. It should be in your copy. It should be in, in your, how you can develop your community. It should be in any pitches that you should do. Even if it's not physically, like literally there, that's why I'm doing it. That should be the spirit of it. And if you don't have a strong why, you're not going to have a strong business. So Hassan, how do you circulate that message? I mean, do you show, I mean, obviously you show up and you're, you're physically with your target audience, but obviously you can't do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So how do you circulate that message in an efficient and cost-effective way? Uh, social media, <laughs> it's the way to go. You know, I think our brand voice is reflective of it because it's reflective of my voice. Um, when you read our posts or you read you know, little memes that I create or you watch the videos, it's like you're talking to me. Um, and, and that was the goal. And even that, I thought I had a handle on it. You know, I had a brand strategy session last year. And, I was, and, and the person I was working with was like, you know, every second sentence out of your mouth is a tweetable or a quotable. Yeah. And you need to hone in on that because people need to hear it. And it even approached, so it changed my approach to content development and marketing. But social is really important for me. Um, because it's where everyone lives at this point. And it's the best use of your marketing dollars if you have any. And it's the best way to control your own narrative as well. Right, right. I, I so agree with that. So I'm on your website now at House Urban. And I see these amazing pictures. The, the imagery here is just, it's just so unique. I mean, I can, and, and then the top of your website says, the house bunnies await your arrival. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are waiting for you but it, it's like you know most newsletter subscriptions are like subscribe to our newsletter get our specials first get a 20 percent discount and so forth but you've managed to basically say something that i could hear you saying right here as i talk to you we're house bunnies we're waiting for the other house bunnies to arrive and then we can <laughs> start it that's how this seems to me it's very inviting to the people that you're talking to yeah 
Yeah. I look like art, smell like love. I I just, just, it's so creative. And um, I mean, do we have to be a trained artist to be this creative or, or, or once we know our why uh, it, does it come more naturally? Well, uh, the question is, do you have to be a creative to do what now? I mean, you're, you're so, you have this obvious creativity about you because of how you've been trained and obviously yourself naturally. What would you say to people who just don't feel like I'm creative when I'm making lipstick or I'm creative when I'm making shampoo or candles or whatever it is that I sell, but I'm not creative when it comes to, you know, putting all these pieces together and, you know, creating a message for my, my market and so forth. How do you encourage people who don't have this creative background that you have, Hassan, to be able to do that? Well, one, I think it's practice. You know, you have to force yourself to sit down and mm. to have a conversation with yourself. Whatever it is that's driving you to make the lipstick or make the candle, something is inspiring, right? You didn't just wake up one day and was like, going to make a lipstick today. <laughs> right. Something drove you <laughs> to make that lipstick. Some things drove you. You were somewhere in someone's kitchen and you smelled that lemon and basil and you were like, I need this in a candle. And you got to work. It's the same seeds that are planted, but you just have to learn how to plant those seeds in other containers. Um, And and that's where your why comes in, right? You know, you may decide to make your own candle line because the other candles that you were buying were expensive or they they didn't have a strong cultural or the wick with smoke or whatever it was. So make a list of all those things that perturb you about the beauty industry or about, or about your category, and then turn them into positives and you offer up how you're different and let's start there for inspiration and then just keep moving. Hassan, what are your favorite social media outlets for your business and why? So at the moment, I would have to say that we definitely rely on Instagram and Twitter the most. Um, Instagram, because it's super visual, um, and I really, for me, I'm always trying to create a world and an experience for people, especially because we're only sold online. So it's not like people can go and try it out and make a decision. They're buying sight unseen. So I need to create the kind of environment and a whole world for them where they understand what we're about and where things are descriptive and they understand our aesthetic so they have a better understanding of what they'll be getting buying essentially sight unseen. Um, and Instagram helps us facilitate that. And then with Twitter, you know, Twitter is like my community management space. I, Twitter, the Twitter handle at Health Urban is very much just me. So I spend a lot of time just laughing and cracking jokes and being outraged. Um, but at the same time, it's a really great way for me to continue my conversations with influencers, to learn about new blogs, to share skincare things. I did a whole like 55 tweet thread recently about the origins of how urban and why it's important because I had a an influx of followers. So I was like, hey, you guys are new. There's a new couple thousand people here. Well, since you're here, let me give you this rundown of who I am and what we're about. And I saw the conversions immediately drive to my site, which was great. So those are my main two. And then I have my YouTube channel, which is called Hey Hassan. So that was strategic. I, I have a house urban YouTube channel but I realized I was having a hard time at one point last year making content for a number of reasons. And I think what I, what I got was that my problem was every time I was pushing out content, it was a hard sell. I was always asking people to, to buy something. And when you're a new brand and you are, well, any brand really, and this is best practices, you can't spend every conversation talking about yourself and your product and trying to make sense. Right. You have to get added value people. You have to give them other reasons to trust you, um, to see that you're transparent, to trust you as a thought leader. So I thought, okay, 
I'm going to make this other YouTube channel where I talk about things not even related to the industry, with though that's coming, but other brands, and people can get to know me and who I am and my sense of humor and my level of transparency. We won't talk about house or how funny or anything. We're just going to have a good time, and that's my gift to them. And then when I'm ready to make the sale a couple of weeks later, I can do that freely without feeling bad about it and without it coming off as disingenuous. It reminds me of Jab, Jab, Right Hook or Jab, 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 Right Hook by, uh, I think it's uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vaynerchuk I who, who I used to work for. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, well, gee, God, I hope that's a whole nother podcast, I'm sure. But, yeah, um, totally. But you've certainly, certainly taken some of his ideas and translated them for yourself. And I have to tell you, when I discovered your YouTube channel, because honestly, you know, I've known... I don't know you personally, but I've known you for several years, just kind of we back and forth on email and being an indie business network member. Um, I, I didn't know about the YouTube channel, but as soon as I discovered it, the first video I watched was you giving an overview of this tuxedo service, right? The tux service yeah. that you, okay. So I guess you get a tux in a box, you get to try it on or whatever. And you were talking about, here's what drew me in. You were talking about your life. You're like, okay, I go to all these parties. Sometimes I like them, sometimes I don't, but I'm just not a tux kind of guy. But I had to go to this party and I needed a tux. And I, and I can't remember exactly what you said. But the bottom line is I found, myself, I found myself going, honestly, to be honest with you, I was like, I bet that tux looks so good. So I like fast forwarded, like I moved the, moved the thing all the way up. And I was like, yep, looks really good on you. I, I would get another tux from them. But, but what's interesting is that most videos, people don't watch them past the first few minutes. And here I was getting all into it, um, excited for what I would discover for my podcast, but, but really just getting to know you and seeing, wow, you know, this, this product line is created specifically for people who are like him. I started thinking about, like, I have a cousin who's an opera singer. And I immediately started thinking for, in fact, I told her, I was like, you got to check this out. Like, here's a performer who's created products for other performers. And she was like, wow. I mean, she was like all into it and really excited to see it. So that connection between the message and the product and Hassan, most people are terrified of doing that. Like they're like, okay, yeah, I could talk all day about tuxedos and, you know, acting and counting to eight and so forth, but how's that going to sell a sugar scrub? But you have tapped into it because it, without really having to force it. And I think that's the answer is you kind of have to trust the progress. Would you agree with that? process. Would you I, would absolutely, I would absolutely agree with it. And ultimately, even when you're selling, it's just a conversation. And you have to be willing to show up and have a conversation across mm. the board. And that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking to people. And the other thing, too, is I always say, you know, we test on actors and not animals. I road test all my products on performers, on drag queens, on ballerinas, on Broadway stars. But if it works for them, it can work for anyone, even if you're just a busy mom and your feet hurt. I have something for you. So it, it's a full circle moment. And I think it's really important that I try to be as transparent about that as possible and as welcoming. And we're just trying to build this whole community. That's, that's essentially what it is. And, and I want to remind people too, you know, Hassan, obviously, you know, he grew up being told he talks too much. So I don't want anybody out there, and Hassan, I know you'll agree with me, to think that you have to be a chatty person in order to do this. You just have to connect your why with the people who can relate to it. And those are the people that you're probably chatty with already anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, sometimes being chatty is actually a detriment, especially when it's time for me to write copy. I got too many words. Mm -hmm. to get to the point that I do my editing. 
So there's that as well. Um, Donna Maria, I know that we're running up on time, but if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about the podcast where I can give people more of these tips. We need to know about the Creative Hustle podcast. Tell us about it and tell us about your co-host as well. Yes. So the Creative Hustle podcast is a business podcast for creative people. So I realize that a lot of creative people are good at what they do, but they're not so good at their business in. And a lot of it is not even that they're not good at it, but the concepts haven't been talked through with them and there are things that they're up against that maybe they don't realize they're going to be up against. So my co-host is a good friend of mine. His name is Aaron Salazar. And he's the founder of um, a signing theater company here in New York City. He's the artistic director. And we have been through it. We've been employees, so we've been founders, we've been independent contractors. Um, we've, we've seen it from every side. So every episode, we pick a topic and we just explore it between the two of us. It's like coming to a really great brunch party with all of your business issues, and then your two good friends dissect them for you and give you ideas on how to move forward. Coming to a really great brunch party. I love it. So so we we can go to creativehustlepodcast.com for that, right? Yes, you can go there. We're available on iTunes if you want to download there and also um, at SoundCloud as well. So um, we're all over and I would suggest that you check it out. Um, I'm going to tell you now, there's strong language. I'm, I'm good for, for a few expletives. So if that's not your thing, it may not be for you, but everybody else, come on board. <laughs> Well, I can tell you that it's funny and it's entertaining and it's it's interesting as well to hear you and your co-hosts sort of find the the interesting intersection between what you do, how you can help others and what's important to you in terms of your lifestyle because you're both in the in the performing arts arena. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and even that intersects. He's still really in the thick of it and I'm selling a physical product. So you're really going to get it from, you're going to get a, a view from both sides. And a nice, I think that's what's great about it. Nice cross section. Okay, so I have to ask you this question. When I went to your YouTube channel at Hey Hassan, I stumbled upon, I've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking. And I just, tell us about I've been drinking. <laughs> so I've been drinking is a theory that I started just out of sheer curiosity. You know, you go to the store, like Every time you go, there's a new beverage, right? And you're like, what is this tea? What is this energy drink? And you're like, no, I want to spend four or five dollars on this and find out, and it might not be good. That's where I come in. So it's a, it's a taste test, and I walk in. It's a review series. So I t- try a new drink every week, and um, I do a taste test on camera, and I have a very expressive taste, so you know if I like it or not. And then I rate it on a, I have a, a five-straw rating system, and I tell you whether or not I think it's worth your, your time. Um, it was just a thing that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And it's a good excuse for me to buy all the beverages. And, and I went with it. And also a good way for me to add value to my customers about them feeling like they have to buy something from me. So it, it was a nice little, it's a nice little dovetail into just getting to know people better and, and giving them free information that they might not otherwise have. I love that. You just hit on something. It's a good it's, it's a good way to interact with my customers and, and, and be of service to them without them feeling like they have to buy something. Um, I, I love that. So, so the bottom line here is you got to be creative. You got to try new things and putting yourself out there with your message behind you as your platform is ultimately going to get you to reach your target customers. And that's when you have an opportunity to sell your products to them. Nailed it. That's exactly it. You are the man, Hassan. Okay, listen, everyone. House Urban, H-A-U-S, 
urban.com. That's where you can go to get the products and join all the other house bunnies. Okay, make sure you do that. Go onto YouTube and look up Hey Hassan, H-A-S-S-A-N. Get some, uh, get a look at Hassan in the nice tux and also <laughs> learn about uh, what you should be drinking or maybe not drinking. Um, and right. then make sure you go to creativehustlepodcast.com and subscribe and download it and listen to these two guys. They are hilarious and funny and you will really, really love it. So Hassan, awesome. I think we made, we made some great tips for people to understand how they can use technology and make it fun connections with their customers. Yeah. And I also just want to acknowledge you, DM. I, I feel like um, you were the precedent for me starting this, this podcast. If it weren't for you having the foresight five or six years ago to be recording your seminars and sharing them with people who hadn't even launched your businesses yet, I don't think that I would be here now. So I'm so grateful for you and for the IBA Network um, and for all the indies and everything that they share with the rest of us. Thank you so much. Hassan, thank you for saying that. I feel like um, it's such a wonderful connection. The world is getting smaller and it's just such an honor to have an opportunity to meet you more personally. And next time I'm in New York City, I want to see you, I want to see you perform somewhere. That would be so exciting. Well, that's not going to happen. I'm retired, but I can find you a good show. Okay. Okay. And then we, maybe we can go have a I've been drinking episode together. That would be fun. Exactly. All right, Hassan. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Indie Business Podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Hassan Saeed of House Urban and the Creative Hustle Podcast. Let's unpack just a few of the tips he shared. Number one, know your why. As Hassan said, you didn't just wake up one morning and decide to make something. There's a story there, a real experience, and sharing that with others is one of the ways you will positively influence people to purchase your products. Second, use social media. Hassan said that social media is the best way for you to get your message out there today. He loves Instagram in particular for how visual it is, but he also uses Twitter and YouTube, and a lot of makers say they don't like those. You know, everything doesn't work for everyone, but don't just push away opportunities to have conversations and fun with other people without making them feel like you're trying to sell them something all the time. Hassan has started to do that and it's working well for him, he says. So definitely take a look at different ways that you can engage in conversations and not just rely on imagery to get your message across. And number three, don't be afraid to be the authority. Hassan said that until he embraced his position as the authority on the topic of cosmetics products for people who perform, he found it difficult to position his products for natural sales opportunities. I love how he relates to people by allowing them to see themselves inside his story. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. This podcast is all about you and the indie business revolution because you are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on your own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. You can catch every episode of the Indie Business Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming app. And of course, you can always find each episode and the entire audio at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash podcast archive. And if you're listening on iTunes, won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here. 
You can also share episodes from IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash blog. You can share those to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.